0: Hi, welcome to Not All Lawyers Have Law Degrees and lots of other things that we found out about becoming a lawyer and the people that do.
1: Hi, I'm Ella. I'm a Business Affairs Executive in BBC Children's. I'm currently in my third year of studying law with Silex. So basically, I think I want to be a solicitor. And that means I'm probably going to do the SQE. So that's the solicitor's qualification exam which is the new assessment for all aspiring solicitors from September 2021. To find out more about it, BBC lawyer Cush and I spoke to Victoria Roper, an associate professor at Northumbria Law School and chair of the Law Society's Education and Training Committee, because she had a hand in making these new exams, so she seemed like the perfect person to speak to about it. As like somebody who's kind of considering the SQE, could you kind of break down for me exactly what is involved in it, like the exams, work experience, what is expected of somebody?
2: Yes. So under the proposed system, if you want to become a solicitor, you will need to pass uh, two lots of centrally set assessments. So SQE1 and SQE2. Uh, SQE1 is testing uh, knowledge And SQE2 is a skills assessment, so testing to some extent knowledge as well, but but in the the context of applying skills, legal research, legal writing, etc. So you would need to pass um, both of those exams. You would also need to have two years qualifying work experience. So if the work that you do currently, for example, gave you the chance to develop some or all of the competencies required to be a solicitor, then that could count towards that two-year requirement. And there's no requirement to do anything in a particular order. So it could be that there's people out there who are already accumulating or accumulating right now qualifying work experience, and they could later sit the exams, or you could sit the exams before and then later the qualifying work experience. You need a degree or a, an equivalent something a qualification that, that is regarded as a kind of equivalent to a degree but it doesn't have to be in law so you could have a degree in another subject And you need to be of suitable character to become a solicitor. That's a current requirement anyway. So uh, most people uh, won't have any problems in that regard. So if you meet all of those criteria, then you would be able to qualify under the uh, proposed new system. How long does it take to complete the SQE? Is it over a certain time or is it quite flexible? So this is one of the real changes in the system. So at present, all students undertake a particular course, the legal practice course, the LPC. That normally takes, it depends whether you do it full-time or part-time, but it normally takes a year full-time. Under the new system, there is no requirement to undertake any particular course or or training. So it will be up to students to decide what kind of training they want to do. There'll be a a range of training providers and training options of different lengths. Might also be dependent on existing experience. In terms of the exams themselves, so having decided what kind of course is right for you to help you prepare, we do think most people will probably need some kind of training you know, to help them pass the exams. And then um, the exams themselves, so generally you'll be taking SQE1 at a different time to SQE2, so you need to pass SQE1 before you can sit SQE2. SQE1 would be sat at particular assessment centres that are spread out across um, across England and Wales and, and also potentially abroad. And it's about 10 hours of testing in total for SQE1. Then if you pass SQE1, you would be able to register for SQE two at the you know the next sitting of SQE two. And that would be a further 14 hours of testing. So not all in one go. Uh, Don't worry. It's not all on all on the same day, 14 hours, Uh, but 14 hours of of testing uh, in total for the legal skills element. So really, it's there's going to be lots of flexibility in the new system. So you can imagine some people will want to take maybe a year course and, and then they would sit, you know, sit the SQE1 and SQE2 other people may feel that you know that their, their prior experience or studies have helped them in some way to prepare and they might do a shorter crammer course and be able to complete the new assessments in a shorter period of time but certainly the I suppose the good thing about the new system is that there's lots more options um, and more flexibility built in, which should be good from an equality and diversity perspective, we hope. Seems
1: quite intense. It seems quite a lot of work. Do you think it's more intense, more work than
2: the LPC at the moment? I think certainly with the LPC, you would normally have obviously some assessments and things, you know, clustered together in an assessment period. So many students will be familiar with you know having assessment periods at university and having to prepare for multiple assessments at once. It is, it is a change though from the current system. What is being tested is the knowledge required to become a day one solicitor and to provide assurance that uh, for consumers, you know, people that use legal services, that the um that all solicitors have reached that kind of that base level of knowledge and, and a practical skill application. So it is what we call a high stakes assessment. You have them for um, doctors as well in other professions. Um, And I suppose it's seeking to to get the balance. If it was too easy, it wouldn't be having the protection that we need. But at the same time, yes, I think, you know, students will need to prepare well for the exams, take them seriously. And and it will be a challenge. But I think to a certain extent, many students will be familiar with, you know, having to prepare for assessment periods and um, juggling multiple modules and things at, at the same time.
1: Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, I went through Silex because to me it seemed the most accessible. It, you know, it gave me the option of studying part-time and working part-time. So for the sake of everyone listening, Silex is the professional body for chartered legal executives. You know, for the before I think about the SQE, I've also got to consider whether I do Silex as well. And, you know, the SQE is going to be a brand new thing. Do you think it's worth me waiting to... Another year, one you know, one starting in September. So, do you think it's worth me waiting to see what this first year brings before I start the SQE?
2: Each individual, I suppose, that wants to go into the profession will have to think about their own personal circumstances. So, there will be some people who are already quite far down the existing LPC route, and for them, probably. it it might not make sense to move to SQE because they've already invested time and money in the new system and and under the transitional arrangements, they can qualify under that current system. There will be some people who... It would be advantageous to move to the SQE. So, for example, because they've already accumulated two years qualifying work experience and they think that actually um, you know, sitting the SQE exams will be the quickest way for them to qualify, particularly if maybe they've had trouble obtaining a traditional training contract for whatever reason. One of the things I would say about waiting for things to happen is, of course, that if that is going to delay qualification by a year, you have to think about the, the knock-on effects of a lost earnings or the difference in earnings for that year. So generally, most people, I would say, if, if you can qualify, you know, I think it's better not to delay too long. Most people are normally looking, I suppose, to qualify in the shortest amount of time possible. Um, So whichever is the quickest route, you know, might be the best route, but obviously it does depend on circumstances. And when the SQE comes in, we will have a dual qualification period for some time. And I think um, at the start of it, most people coming through and qualifying will be qualifying from the current route, the LPC route, because they will have already started on that route a number of years before. In terms of as time goes on, obviously the balance is going to change and more people eventually will be coming through the, the SQE route and there'll be fewer people coming through the LPC route. I think Ella, you're obviously in a, a slightly different position because you're going through you know through the Silex route. So I, I suppose for you it's weighing up the benefits of, of going you know going through that route versus moving to the SQE. And I think certainly as we go through, there'll be more SQE courses. Obviously, once we've had the first exams, I mean, there is very detailed information about the exams already and what they will cover and things. But obviously, as we move through the system, we will see, it, you know, to a certain extent, we are pre- predicting what is going to happen. Uh, whereas we start to move through, we will we will know how it's working in practice.
1: I've had quite a lot of friends start the LPC. How does that kind of like the cost compare to the SQE? Is it cheaper? Is it more expensive? Is it kind of the same?
2: Yes, yeah, so there's been a lot of talk about kind of costs around the SQE. And I suppose one of the drivers was to try to, to help to push costs down. So the um, cost of the exams, so there is a fee to, to sit the exams and collectively for the two exams, that's just under £4,000. So you're talking about just under £4,000 for the exam themselves, but that doesn't include any training and preparation. So on top of that £4,000 in fees, it's likely that most students will need to pick a training provider to provide them with a course or, or training. Now, what is different, I think, about SQE is that at present you have to do the LPC. And the prices do vary for LPC, but really within a a kind of margin. So it's about £9,000 to £17,000, depending on how you study, where you study, etc. With the SQE, because uh, the SRA is not requiring any particular course, there are going to be uh, more providers of, of courses at different price points and delivered in different forms. So, you know, you could have going right from an LLM, so something where you get SQE training, plus you get a separate qualification, a master's is probably going to be an equivalent cost to an LPC at present. But at the other end of the spectrum, we might have courses from about £500, which are more kind of revision grammar courses. They might be delivered all online. They might be um, delivered using, you know, MCQ technology, etc. And then in between that, we're probably going to have a wide range of courses delivered in different forms at at different price points. So certainly um, there is scope for you know, the combined cost of training and the exams to be cheaper than the current system. For some students who you know want the kind of the, the deluxe version of training with an additional qualification in which you're partly paying for the additional qualification it may be that the costs work out something similar to, to now but I think the the real change is the additional flexibility we've seen new entrants to the market so I suppose there's more there's going to be more competition uh, there's going to be more providers and um, potentially that could be good for people who may be price sensitive, but also, you know, may want to, because of the life commitments, caring responsibilities, parental responsibilities, they may need courses that are are, are quite flexible to help them, you know, fit around their other responsibilities. I think that it is um, potentially going to be cheaper, but it does just depend on the exact courses and route that any individual takes. We still expect some firms who currently offer funding are likely to do so in the future. So, you know, some people will find that the the, the course fees may be um, funded by a firm if they get a job. We have solicitor apprenticeships. So that's a relatively new way of, of um, the levy pays for the, the, the fees for the exams and you get paid while you work and learn. So that's really good. And If you take an LLM, uh, SQE, LLM, you should be entitled to student funding as you are at present for an LLM LPC course as well. So there are potentially a a lot more options than under the present system.
1: If I was, for example, already doing the LPC, is it possible for me to then transition into the SQE and... Could I do that at any time or is that a kind of a cutoff point?
2: Under the new system, if you're partway through the LPC route in some way, you benefit from what these transitional arrangements. That mean. if you want to, you can qualify under the current system and you've got until 2032 to do so. So you've got a long transitional period. However, if you've started on the current system, but for whatever reason, you would prefer to do the SQE So notwithstanding that you benefit from these transitional arrangements, you can, if you want to, instead qualify via the SQE.
0: One of the things that we don't necessarily know much about and would be interesting to know is it's kind of law firms, and you mentioned them earlier and how important they are in terms of qualification. Do we know how they're approaching the SQE and and what it will mean for the training contract structure as it is today?
2: It's hard to say for definite what firms will do now because to a certain extent we are waiting to see how things bed in. Some firms have said that they want to, uh, you know, they want to retain a period of training which looks something like their existing training contract offer. So a two year period of training, probably giving um, candidates the, a, a, an experience around the firm, you know, rather than just being in one particular area. So I, we think that there will still be training contracts in, in the future. But there is certainly scope for firms to be more innovative. So, for example, firms that at present maybe don't offer a whole two years of, of training might decide to, to offer shorter opportunities for offering qualifying work experience with a view potentially for that feeding into recruitment decisions. And that might be helpful for candidates who are able to use you know, existing paralegal experience and combine it with uh, maybe some, some more formal training. There's also a question about when firms might require students to sit the SQE exams and SQE2 in particular. So candidates won't be able to practice as a solicitor until they have passed SQE2. So you can imagine if you you offer trainees a two year training period and if you have them sit SQE2 at the very end, some firms have said they're concerned about students not passing. And about therefore not being able to qualify. So some firms are saying that they would prefer students to sit SQE2 before the end of their training period. Yeah,
0: failure is one of the things that I was going to mention. I don't think it would have crossed Ella's mind because um she doesn't fail. But what happens if you do fail? Particularly if people that on the other hand who don't have funding for the SQE, um, can they resit and do they have to pay again for that?
2: Yeah, and I suppose it's it's a good point, isn't it? So even if you are funded, will the firm be prepared to fund you if you fail? Or will they will they say we'll pay for the first sit and then actually you have to, you know, you have to pay for it if you um need to resit? Candidates are allowed three attempts for SQE one and another three attempts at SQE two within six years. Under SQE, if you fail, you you essentially may have to repay the fees again.
0: At what point would do people apply for jobs and how do they get a job at the end of it?
2: In relation to SQE and, and those that, that end up going down the SQE route, I suppose it's more of a question of thinking about looking at the type of firms that they want to work for and what they're saying about recruitment and how far in advance they're, they're recruiting And in time, I think there will be information about SQE, you know, to the extent there isn't already on on firms' websites uh, and how that will impact on the process and, and, you know, when people should be applying. So I think my advice for anyone that, that wants to go into law doesn't really vary whether they do SQE or the LPC. It's do your research Look into firms, you know, if you're at university, speak to tutors, get some advice. But clearly, you know, what we would normally say is if you want a job as soon as you finish the LPC, then you're going to need to be applying a couple of years in in advance to ensure that. I mean, lots of people do paralegal and things in between starting, but... It is something where you are applying in advance rather than waiting to the end. So I wouldn't say, for example, if you're going down the SQE route, don't wait till you've, you know, necessarily sat everything and then start thinking about applying for jobs. Because I think the more planning and research, the better.
1: That was Victoria Roper. Associate Professor at Northumbria Law School, Chair of Law Society's Education and Training Committee, and SQE genius. So, Georgie, did you know anything about the SQE before and
0: do you know a lot more now? I did not know a lot about the SQE before. I was a bit clueless, um, which is a bit concerning considering I literally will be sitting the SQE because it's, you know, I'm on an apprenticeship, it's part of this, it's it is my endpoint assessment. Um, and yes, feel much more informed. Now, I hadn't really appreciated that it was such a big change.
1: Um, yeah,
0: it's huge. What What do you kind of think about the exams themselves? Like, she
1: gave us quite a lot of detail about them. How How do you feel, like, as a potential candidate of going into them?
0: I always don't think about an exam until i absolutely have to you know so i will think about an exam that i have that you know i do my work and i do my studying but if that is not the exam that i'm sitting next i am not going to be thinking about it so i like i more like it doesn't help i'm not going to be more prepared when i get there if i worry about it so it is going to be what it's going to be well you see
1: i'm a bit of a worrier so i'm still a little bit skeptical about it I probably won't be doing the SQE for a few years yet yeah. because I've had other exams to do in the meantime, but I think it'd be really good to see how people find it when they start it this September. And for me, I wouldn't consider the LPC purely because of where we work at the BBC yeah. and because it would mean me having to go out of the BBC to do it. Mm-hmm. So that was just kind of the one reason for me. But I had two exams last week and on the run up to it, I was thinking, why am I doing this? I'm never doing another exam in my life. I'm quitting it. I'm never a little breakdown as you always do. And then after I'd had my pizza and my gin and a good night's sleep, I was like, right, yeah, next one. Come on, bring it on. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do the SQE and yeah so I feel like it is sometimes a mindset you can get yourself in as to whether you actually
0: want to do it or not I'm so glad that you you had your pizza and you had your gin and a good night's sleep babes
1: (laughs) makes all the difference it does doesn't it and what about do you have any like rituals or lucky tokens that you take in with you if you do an exam
0: no I think I'm very much a minimalist when it comes to exams I you know I think my approach is: all figure out exactly what the exam needs from you, and just do that. and Don't do any more. So I guess that extends to any kind of You're ritual very as practical. well. Yeah, I am, and I don't. I I I really don't think about them that much anymore. As in, like, I do the work and then I just don't think about it afterwards and I don't think about it kind of in the run-up too much. It's so
1: in-depth in in, depth in your brain. It's so in-drilled now that you just don't even think about it. That's that's
0: good. A, a little bit, actually, because I have, yeah, I've been doing kind of apprenticeship exams for nearly five years now and so it's just, it's just part of what I do. It's quite a boring answer. No. Well, I'm
1: the same. I don't have any lucky tokens, nothing crazy. Um for me it's just a really good breakfast because I can't think on an empty stomach. So it's eggs, bacon, bagels, the, you know the full the full fry up if I can. Oh delicious. Lovely. There was loads of detail in Victoria's chat with us, so we've posted some links in our show notes to a few useful pages where you can check out anything you're not sure of. And next week, something completely different. We're looking at working in crime and speaking to two women who have jobs on opposite sides of the criminal court for the prosecution and for the defence. In the meantime, don't miss out on any of our episodes, which are on Apple, Spotify and Acast. Make sure you like, leave a review and subscribe. And you can find us on Instagram. Just search for Not All Lawyers Pod and use the hashtag Not All Lawyers. This has been Not All Lawyers Have Law Degrees from the BBC Legal Team.